0: Hey, everybody. Thanks once again for tuning in to Preserving Pentecost with Davis Ministries. We are excited about everything God is doing in this season, and we appreciate that you are being a part of this with us. Uh, For all of you who sow into this ministry uh, through finances, and for all of you who keep this ministry in prayer, we want you to know how much we appreciate you, and we thank you for helping us to continue to further the call of God on our lives, Uh, as we continue to travel full-time throughout this nation. And it's our prayer that we will be able to walk through more doors and continue to take the gospel uh, to those who need to hear it. So we hope that this episode is going to be a blessing to you. uh, As this week, we just welcome you into uh, our truck home and invite you to be a part of just a day of traveling Uh, with Davis Ministries on the road. God bless. Hey, everybody. It's uh, wonderful to have you joining us again uh, for another episode of Preserving Pentecost. Uh, We figured for this week's episode... Uh, since we were going to be on the road today, uh, that we would just uh, let you guys take a ride with us. Uh, so now you might hear the sounds of uh, snoring children in the background. Uh, that's because we have been blessed for them to take a nap. <laughs> now they are they are absolutely wore out. We've had them on the road for a few weeks now, and um, they uh, they both got up pretty early this morning. Uh, we are currently coming through Missouri. Uh, we are in between St. Louis and Joplin. Not exactly sure where, uh, but we just figured we would uh, give you guys an insight to uh, what it's like traveling on the road with Davis Ministries. And um, right now, this is it. So <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's me and Amanda awake up front. Everybody else asleep in the back. Uh, we. Uh, Usually we just we like to talk about everything that happened over the course of uh, of the last few days and, and uh, just what we got to see and stuff and uh, you have to excuse my voice I've had uh, a battle with I had a battle with sinuses right before we left for uh, where were we Missouri. Missouri yeah right before we came to Goodman on New Year's Eve and uh, then I wound up losing my voice again. And it's just now getting to the point where it's starting to come back. It's still pretty weak, but I'm believing that God's going to touch it. Uh, so uh, I have the privilege of finally getting my wife on here.
1: Can, hey, everyone. There you go. You can say <laughs> hi.
0: <laughs> uh, she, she likes to get out of this. She doesn't like things uh, where she can hear herself speak. So she doesn't like to go back and listen to it. Because I always go back and listen to every episode and Speaking of that, I'd like to ask everybody to make sure you're sharing these podcast episodes and encouraging people to listen and stuff because the more listeners we have, uh, the more. uh, What would the word be? The more, I guess, rain, the more. uh, More Outreach. Yeah, the more outreach we can do because that's the more that they allow us to do. So, um, we're excited. We are going to be heading to. The great state of North Carolina, 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 Carolina.
1: Carolina. You've you've picked up saying Carolina when we lived there. I don't
0: like it. I want to go back to saying (laughs) Carolina, (laughs) Carolina. I don't know. We're going to NC. We'll be there in Rocky Mount uh, with Pastor Keith uh, Pittman and his wonderful uh, congregation and. Uh, Pastor Stephen, We're we're excited about what God's going to do there We're hoping that maybe Maybe this year we'll be able to Set the tent up down there Yeah, that'd be great uh, we, uh, we were in this We were in the revival with um, We were in the revival with uh, Garrett and Lauren uh, Marchant from North Carolina uh, What area are they from? I know they LaGrange, LaGrange That's where they live at That's right and uh, they're out of the Church of God, uh, but we had the pre- privilege of uh, for New Year's, we got to kick off uh, the first few services in the New Year's revival uh, that they were ministering in in Goodman, um, and so that was awesome. We we always love getting to be in service with them, and you have to excuse me if I if I kind of pause. I'm I am driving, so uh, believe it or not, sometimes I can't do two things at once. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Amanda would vouch for that. Yes. Uh, let me just brag on this woman of God just for a minute. I know she's rolling her eyes at me. She can't stand when I do this, but uh, I just want to take a minute and just to say how grateful I am to have Amanda in my life as my helpmate, as my rock, as as my beautiful, amazing wife and mother to our kids. You know, there's. Uh, there's not a lot of a lot of married couples who, even if they felt the call uh, to go out on the road full time, one of them, uh, you know, unless God does the work, a lot of times you'll have one that's willing to go, and then one, that that's me running off the road again. Uh, you'll have one that's willing to go, and then you'll have one that's that's uh, against it, and and it'll cause tension, it'll hinder the ministry. But uh, I'm thankful that you know, God gave me somebody who she understands my heart for ministry. She understands, uh, the call that God has placed on my life and she recognizes it in her own life and, and even in our children's lives. And, uh, so honey, I just, I'm, I'm grateful for you. I'm, I'm thankful that I know I'm not always the easiest person to live with. I know there's times that I get very uptight, especially when it, when it's uh, getting close to service time and, uh, when it's, when it's time uh, to, to study and things. And uh, I know I get weird and strict about certain things with the boys and stuff. And, uh, but I thank you for understanding and and uh, being on board and, and willing to, to follow. And, and I appreciate you. And I just want you to know that I appreciate you. And I want everybody else to know that I appreciate you. And I love you.
1: Thank you. I love you too.
0: I feel like I'm doing a lot of the talking. That's fine. <laughs> uh won't you uh so we we just got out of this revival in westville oklahoma that we weren't even scheduled for uh but revival broke loose in goodman and brother garrett felt led to extend uh, so we went and filled in his spot for westville we had been there before um loved the people there Loved the pastures Uh, And it was just kind of a God thing, I believe. Oh,
1: yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, So won't you kind of fill everybody in uh, a little bit about uh, some of the things we've seen in revival there in Westville over this last week?
1: Sure. You know, when, when you step into a church or a service or a revival that has been completely ordained by God, and you walk in there with expectation to see miracles, signs and wonders. And that's exactly what you're going to see. And a lot of the times, especially in today's world, we see a lot of ministers just get up there because that's what they're supposed to do. They get up there and say whatever scripture they've been practicing for a week or whatever at their sermon and, and they get up there and they're just ready to get it over with. And that's sad because when you walk in there without expectation, you're going to leave without the blessing that God has for you. Oh, yeah. Because if you don't expect something to happen, then you're not showing faith in God that He will show up in your service. Man. So I'll step off that soapbox. box. But anyway, <laughs> so when we went there that first night, uh, my husband and I were expecting god to show up and show out because we know just who god is he has he has performed miracles in our own lives mm-hmm. he has he has performed miracles in our family's lives and to say that we just don't expect him to do anything is just ridiculous so go ahead
0: just just real quick you know that you know you bring up a good point because a lot of times you know we do get in that routine of just, just going to church and it just becomes another thing that we do but the, the thing that, that's really been sitting on my, my mind and my heart lately is why do we ever go into a service without that expectancy? Because God doesn't change. You know, he's, he's, he's always going to be God. He always has been God. He's, he's always been the miracle worker, the chain breaker, the redeemer, the, the king of kings. So why have we ever got in that, that mindset? And I guess it's complacency. You know, we get in this mindset of of thinking that it's just going to be another service. You know, we're yeah. just going to go in, sing a few songs, hear a message, put our dollar in the plate, yeah. and go home.
1: I think a lot of the times we've replaced spirit-filled messages with feel-good messages. Oh, yeah. So we we get the the... I don't even know how to how to say it but we get that good feeling as a minister when you get up there and everybody's like oh yeah that that just encouraged me and don't get me wrong you know the the bible is is an encouragement because it's supposed to direct our paths it's supposed to say here's what I have planned for you this is the path that I've set out for you now here's the the building blocks for you to get there and instead of instead of taking the word for what it is in its entirety we like to pick out the things that make us feel good but the things that convict us and chastises us and tries to make us a better christian we decide to leave by the wayside because that's not what people want to hear oh,
0: yeah. the, and, and and you know it's so hard i think i think the reason a lot of churches have kind of gotten away from just letting the spirit of god move and just having real revival and they settle for, you know, just one, two, three nights, you know, four nights, and it's a good revival. And I think a lot of that is because, you know, people people have gotten to the point where they push so much of it off, and they they have gotten into that uh, got to have the feel-good stuff. Yeah. And, and with that, I think, uh, you know, they, they push it out. Uh, like in Hebrews chapter 10, when it says uh, in Hebrews chapter 10, when it says that uh, we're we're not supposed to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, uh, you know, a lot of people, they, they, they get in that mentality. They say, well, we are the church. You know, we're, uh, I don't have to to be behind those walls. We are the church. That's right. We are the church, not you, not me. We. So if it's, if I leave it in, in, uh, and and say that we are the church, but I choose to sit by myself at the house. You know, I'm going to get cold. I'm going to yeah. get weak because I'm not assembling together. It wasn't a suggestion. You know, it, it says to not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. That it, it wasn't something, and it didn't just come from Paul. Paul wrote it because the Lord told him to. Right. And and I think that's that's part of like you said. You know, people's just taking the the parts they like the parts they don't like they don't like to be told hey you need to assemble yourself together with believers does it have to be in a church house well not necessarily but you still need to be able to assemble yourself together with the body in some type of setting where you're you're reaping from the word and 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 worshiping the lord and and giving a place for the spirit of god to move
1: right and that's exactly it we, we need to stop treating the Bible as a book of suggestions mm-hmm. and pick it back up as a rule book or or a guide for our lives, which is what it was intended to be. Oh, yeah. You know, every word in the Bible is important. It, I mean, it's not for you to pick and choose because it even says, do not take away from, do not add to, but take the word for what it is. Um, and, and I think that if, if ministers everywhere would get back in that mindset. Quit worrying about all of the colored lights and the fog machines and who's not there paying their tithes on Sunday and worry about the true body of Christ and bringing the Word back into the church house. The full Word of God. Not just what makes you feel good, but everything that chastises you to get the sin out of your life and get right before Jesus comes back after His bride. We would see revival in America. We would see revival break out all over the world.
0: You're going to get yourself in trouble.
1: That's all right. I'm always in trouble. But, you know, that's that's something that, that I'm thankful for is that I do have a husband that does not sugarcoat the Word of God. He does not pick and choose what he decides to preach based on whose uh, ears they're going to tickle. But he preaches the whole Word of God. And it's because of that that we see lives changed we may we may not be rich we may not have overflowing love offerings because he preaches the word of god but my reward is in heaven there's nothing on this earth that's worth it to me to to sugarcoat the gospel then then i mean I, I i just it it upsets me because we have sat in churches ourselves and have heard watered-down sermons preached by watered-down ministers because they're trying to keep their wallets full.
0: That's true. That's sad, but true. And, you know, it's it's definitely nothing about us. You know, no. I, I don't even feel there, the, Most days, I wake up and I feel so unworthy to even be able to speak the name of Jesus. And I and it's I know it's only by His mercy and grace that that He allows us to to even minister and, and to travel and go to these churches and stuff. You know, like you said, it, it's... when You can't be willing to compromise the gospel no. to fill the house. And I think, I think, you know, people get this misconception where they're, they're afraid that, you know, if, if it doesn't sound great, if it's not what everybody wants to hear, nobody's going to come. But, we seem, just, I mean, just in... Take, for example, this revival we just come out of. Yeah. We seen that place packed out several nights. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't because there was some little feel-good message. In fact, twice, I didn't even minister. We just let God have His way. and The Holy Spirit showed up and took over. And because people were willing to press through and allow the Lord to have His way Mm -hmm. and, and not not willing to um, they, they weren't looking for an excuse to stay out. They were hungry
1: yeah.
0: for a move of God. God showed up and He honored obedience and faithfulness. Yes, He did. And, and I, we seen such an outpouring. And I think it's really hard to put a, a, like a favorite on on, right. on on what happens during service. But I think that if I was going to Pick a favorite moment in this revival. Not not that none of it's bad. You know, it it was all awesome. But I loved the night when uh, the young lady and her husband got delivered. Yes. Um, Which you, you, you yourself, you know the background. I was raised in I was raised in a deliverance church. That's uh, what I was trained up in growing up, And, and so that's what I've always felt kind of. My ministry was pulled toward, and uh, and I know you've you we've talked about that before. You you kind of felt like that's what God was preparing you for too. And, and so, I love seeing people get filled with the Holy Ghost. Don't get me wrong, I love that. Absolutely love it. I think it's very important. I think it's needed. Uh, and I I love seeing people give their life to the Lord and uh, get set free. But there's just something about when someone comes in. And they've been living so bound. You know, they've, they've prayed the sinner's prayer. They've, yeah. they've went through the motions, but they still haven't gotten freedom. And, and they're possessed or they're oppressed. And they, they just haven't, haven't been able to get that breakthrough. Because either ignorance, you know, they, they don't know about it. They, they've never heard it preached. They've yeah. never seen it taught. They, they don't understand it. And that can come from leadership having ignorance about it. Or from from them believing the lie that the enemy tells them that this is the way you have to stay. Yeah. But see, when they when they come to the realization that there is chain breaking power yes. in the name of Jesus, that the anointing of the Spirit of God will destroy every single yoke of bondage, and they come to that realization that they can be free, and then and they step out in faith, and they they want to be free, and then you know. Whatever it is they're battling, or, or those uh, spirits they've been packing around, begin to manifest or reveal themselves, and and uh, you know then then by the the Spirit of God and the blood of the Lamb, you know we cast those things out, and and it, it, it was so awesome because the very next night, you know that lady come back in, and she did not even look like the same person. No,
1: she didn't look like a new person had come to service. Yeah,
0: serve us. And, and I love that, and it's and it's. It's like that every time I've witnessed deliverance take place in somebody's life, and I don't know. It's just, you know, I've had I've had bondage broken off my own life before growing up. You know, I used to be bound by pornography addiction when I was like 14 or 15 years old, and uh, for for two or three years of my life, it, it took it to a place where, and you know my testimony, uh, but a lot of these people. Don't but it took it to a place where I even tried to take my own life because this spirit that I was battling that had a a stronghold on my life was opening up a door for other things to come in. And so it it, it, it got me in a place where I thought the only way out was death. And I tried to take my life on four separate occasions. And then uh, I remember... I was in a Holy Ghost filled uh, service one night. No, uh, actually, it wasn't even service. Uh, we were just—it uh, was just some people praying at the church. Uh, but the Holy Ghost started moving, and um, I was tired of being bound. I was tired of being stuck in that in that place where I thought that that was what owned me, and I wanted freedom. And uh, so th- then those 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 bondages got broken. Uh, Jesus completely did a new work in me, and, and the Holy Ghost just come inside and, and broke loose those things that had taken root inside of my heart. And, and I guess that's why I have such a burden when I see people who are bound and who who do think that that's all they have to live for, because I know what it's like to be trapped in that. And, and kind of bouncing off of that a little bit, why don't you share a little bit about you know what God has delivered you from? Because I know the battle you had was, I guess, similar in a sense as far as where depression creeps in, but it, I guess, in, in yours it, it kind of comes through a
1: different avenue. Right. Uh, yeah, a little, a little bit about my testimony is, you know, God delivered me from depression and anxiety, and. When, when I say I had anxiety, I had debilitating, crippling anxiety to the point to where if I had a panic attack coming on, um, I I felt like I completely lost my ability to even move. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't shower, didn't eat. Uh, honestly, when, when those attacks would come, I couldn't tell you the last time I had even eaten or drank water or anything like that. And to think, you know, some people think of anxiety as just being nervous. That's, that is not it at all, but I can tell you that God can deliver you from every ounce of it, and you don't ever have to go back to that same bondage that tried to, to, to hinder you um, once you allow the Holy Spirit to, to work in your life, but um, my, my testimony is a little different because the depression and the anxiety came from a feeling of, a, of a abandonment from my father who decided to leave my mother and I and uh, i'm very thankful that i had a godly mother who who raised me up in church and did everything to provide for me she didn't need any uh handouts from anybody but you know god blessed her in the sense to to make sure that i didn't have to grow up feeling unwanted because i was surrounded by people who loved me but you know we all know the enemy will do anything he can to slip in and try try to 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 place things back onto your life and it I mean, I struggled with that well into my twenties. Um which I'm still in my twenties, Josh isn't <laughs> just to throw that out there. But uh it, it wasn't that long ago when, when God completely delivered me from the depression and the abandonment issues that I held on to for so long. And, you know, it didn't just it didn't just hinder me, but it bled into our marriage for a long time too, because I had a hard time fully trusting fully loving Uh, you know I, I tried to allow the enemy to continue to lie to me even when I saw the promises of God come to fruition in my life and that's that's what a lot of us do we we see the blessings of God we we feel the blessings of God we hear God speak to us but for some reason we still like to hold on to what the enemy is trying to plant into our hearts and into our minds. And I can I can tell you from experience, when you allow true deliverance to come into your life and completely change you, you will never be the same. When you allow the Spirit of God to really come into your life and you experience true deliverance, then you will be able to fully experience the blessing of God that He has waiting for for you your calling and your life Um, so to say that that I have experienced true deliverance too, you know I'm thankful and there's a lot of people people in churches today that say they don't believe in deliverance anymore they don't believe in in that because it it just seems to be part of the old testament or part of the old days or part of the days where jesus was himself was walking around but you know when when you look in the word you see things like sexual immorality in the bible and look around it's everywhere perversion is everywhere the same sin there's nothing new under the sun the same sin that that we saw uh jesus deliver people from then is the same sins that we see people struggling with today that need deliverance they need that true delivering power to to rest upon their life and you know jesus himself i'm probably going to butcher this because i'm not like my husband i can't like quote line (laughs) line for line every word in the bible but jesus himself said you know these things have i done but greater shall you do so who are we to say that we cannot do what jesus told us to do and called us to do we can't pick and choose what we decide to do for god when he tells us i've done these things and you shall do them and greater shall you do so we're going to say oh no we're 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 just going to write that one off we don't like that one that's that's something that it just blows my mind i guess because you know thankfully we we were raised up On, take the word for what it is don't take it out of context don't add to it take it for what it is and I thank God for that because when you start taking away things from the Bible you're taking away power from the Holy Ghost being able to move in your church you're not taking away power from the Holy Ghost because that ain't possible but when you allow yourself to start denying the power then you're doing yourself and your church such a disservice I mean just imagine if everybody still believed in the delivering power, there would be so many more free people walking. Oh,
0: that's, yeah. That's true. And, you know, that, I don't know, it just, like I said, it, it just it strikes something in me every time I see somebody get delivered. It just, uh, it encourages me to see them get that freedom. Because like I said, I know that if, if God could do it for me, if He could do it for you,
1: right.
0: He could do it for anybody.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think sometimes that's that's the problem is people just need this to, to know they need to see that somebody else, you know, can can first hand testify about the delivering power of the Lord. Absolutely. And so so I loved getting to see that in revival. Loved getting to see uh, the deliverance take place. I think it scared some folks off. I
1: think it did. Uh,
0: <laughs> but it's because
1: they're 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 not taught. They're yeah. unlearned when it comes to deliverance.
0: But and and it's something that you know really, I guess in a way, if it's if it's something you're not prepared for, it's it's best if you if you hold yourself at a distance. You know, because. Right. Especially, you know, if you if you've got secret things you're petting on in your own life, and you go to lay hands on somebody to yeah. try and cast something out, uh, take the seven sons of Sceva for instance. You know, uh, they went to to pray and and uh, tried to cast out some devils, but they didn't have no power, and so then they wound up packing home yeah. every spirit that they were trying to cast out, yeah. and uh, they. In fact, I think the Bible says it like this: that says that the spirits actually latched on to them, jumped onto them, and began to began to uh, manifest, beat them, you know. Yep. Uh, anyway, it was a it is a perfect example of why you have to fast, why you have yeah. to pray. Jesus said this stuff only comes by much prayer and fasting, yeah. and and you know some people they. They call us crazy, or uh, they think I'm weird when I talk about fasting and stuff. And uh, but but I want to see results. I want to see the harvest. I want to see an outpouring of the Spirit of God. So I don't want to settle for just living my daily walk. I want to press in and get everything that I can from the Lord. Yeah. And so we. We, we got to see the, the deliverance take place, which was amazing.
1: I don't even know how many people got delivered. I lost count after 20, and that was on like the second or third night of revival. I
0: know. I know. I don't. I don't know how many people got saved. I'm, I know of two for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, and the last count that I had, I'm pretty sure there was anywhere from 22 to 24 people filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled
0: with the Holy Ghost, and there were six of those were children,
1: children, like under the age
0: of 12. Of
1: 12. Yeah. yeah.
0: That was so awesome. Yeah. And and those kids, they had such, they come up every night for prayer after that. They were they had such they a desire, hungry. and it was awesome to see when when the spirit of God would set on them and, and they begin to shake and cry and, and uh, speak in tongues and just it was so something really humbling about that when oh, you yeah. see such a hunger in the children and then you got adults that just sit there and look at you. Yeah.
1: Like, and you know that seeing those children so hungry really made that part of scripture come to life for me you know jesus said let the little children come unto me if we would humble ourselves as children you know we would be able to walk in the fullness oh, yeah. because if you think about a child especially a young one that's coming up to be filled with the holy ghost they have no other discrepancies yep. they have no no knowledge no yep. other um Political statements in their head, no other judgments, no other um, you know doubts or or whatever it may be. They just come because they notice Mm -hmm. something different. They desire something different. They see the working power of God manifested, Mm -hmm. and they want it.
0: That's true. That's true. That's that's you know. Like you said, you know, they don't come with any preconceptions in mind. They just, they just want Jesus, yep. and, and they they feel that stirring in their spirit, and yep. and then, uh, you know, that that's the thing about having childlike faith. As a, a kid, is just crazy enough to believe anything, yep. and so uh, when when they hear about the power of God, they don't they don't know how to doubt. Right. They don't know how to doubt it. And so and and when they they step into that you know you, you see that outpouring and, and it's just it's so it's humbling and it's it's awesome it is and I'm just I'm grateful that we got to be a part of of this revival I'm grateful for the things that the Lord let us see I'm thankful we were in the area and able oh, to yeah. fill in for Brother Gary <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm thankful for because <laughs> yes. it was a blessing to me to get to see all that.
1: You know, being on the road full time and constantly pouring out, you know, whatever God gives you, you get tired. The flesh gets weak and weary. Oh, yeah. And when you're able to walk in expectancy and see fruition of it come to pass... That is a rejuvenation for us to see miracle signs and wonders because it's one thing to read about it, it's one thing to remember about it, but it's another thing to expect it and believe it to happen. Oh yeah, because when you do that, you're going to see it. Yeah, that that that's
0: that's what helps give me revival in my in my, within myself, you know, because uh, if we don't have personal revival, we sure can't carry revival.
1: That's exactly
0: right, and and so it's stuff like that that encourages me, and I think that's why I love tent ministry is because, you know, we have a lot of different types of people that come to tent ministry oh, yeah. from all walks of life, yes. from all religions. And, and what I love about that is, you know, they can come in without these preconceived notions of how they think it's supposed to yep. go because they've not been raised and taught a certain way. And, and so when they come in and they see a manifestation of the power of God... And then they feel that and experience it in their own life. You know that that's the thing about the power of Pentecost. And and me and Brother Garrett were talking about this uh, last week. How uh, that's the thing about the power of Pentecost is it's not something that it's not something that's just uh, talked about. It's not something you read about. It's something that you experience. You have to experience it. To know it's real, and when you do experience it, there is no, absolutely no denying it. And there, there are times, you know, the enemy will come in and try to confuse you and bring yeah. it out and stuff. But when when you experience Pentecost, you know it's real. And it's important to not not get caught up in emotion and and grasp at the emotion of Pentecost yeah. because there is emotion involved. Oh, you yeah. know, I get excited when I think about Jesus. I get excited when I think about the stuff that he's doing when I see everything that's happening and and so there there is emotion involved but you also feel this unction in your spirit and it's important to be able to discern between that emotion and the spirit and I think that's where a lot of churches get stuck in this cycle because uh, you know they, they had a good move one time and they get caught up on the emotion of it right. so then they spend every service trying to stir that emotion back up yeah. Forgetting about the spirit, the power aspect. Yeah. You can have emotion all day, but if there's no power, it's just emotion.
1: That's exactly. It's right. just hollering. We've seen it. Yes. And it's tiring.
0: Oh my gosh! Yes. It's
1: exhausting when you when you go to a place and and you know <laughs> some people come in with the mindset that God is going to move, uh-huh. but when we get in ourselves and we expect emotionalism to run our service, we hinder God. Uh-huh. We tie His hands, and and it just, it breaks my heart because I know that there are people in that church that need a move from God, a true move from God. But yet, they just have to sit back and watch the emotionalism run the service.
0: Well, and and that's, you know, like you said, you need to expect God to move. But when you come in expecting to see the emotion aspect, that's, you know, it, it, it causes discouragement. Because yeah. you think when you come in, if, if everybody's not... Uh, hollering or jumping or clapping their hands, you think, "Well, well, the Spirit's not here tonight. Yeah. Just because you're caught up on the emotion aspect. But if if you can get out of that mindset and realize that God doesn't move the exact same way every single time that He shows up. Yep. In, in fact, in that revival we just come out of in Westfield, every night was different. Every night. And there's been nights, uh, we were in that nine-day nine, nine day revival, 13 services in nine days, I think it was, or, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, in Akron. Yeah. Every single service was, was different. different. Yeah. Uh, there were some times we were shouting, times we were crying, times it was time to just sit and listen. Listen, yeah. And 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 I think that's where you know the discernment part becomes very important because discernment is not just discernment enough to know who let ha- lay hands on you and who right. not to. Discernment also comes in to know. You know when God wants you to move and when he wants you to be still there's plenty of times in the word of God when we when we see him say be still and see the salvation right and and then there's other times we see he says run make haste come on you know pick up and let's go yeah and and I think uh, you know people get so discouraged and they think that there's nothing happening in the church because they don't see the emotion like they think it ought to be yeah and, yep. and that's because they're focused more on the emotion than they are the power and the power of God can move even through through a service you come in like the other night it was so peaceful
1: it was and they're in
0: there and I'll admit when we first walked in I, I thought okay the atmosphere feels different yeah God I don't want this to be I, I don't know I, I honestly thought is this going to be a dead service what's going on and then all of a sudden there was this shift right right as worship began to start and and you could feel the service was different. You know, it was it wasn't a big shouty, holler, Pentecostal type service. People swinging from chandeliers and jumping over pews, but it was different. It was kind of quiet at first, and but there was such a peaceful feeling there. And then all of a sudden, you could feel this just a thickness in the atmosphere, like like walking outside on a really foggy night. Yeah. how you can feel just that thickness in the atmosphere you know what i'm talking about like yeah and so when when we got out of service i had a text uh from someone that that said hey is this uh, just a back camera or is this the glory cloud and i got to looking at it and, and in the picture it looked super foggy
1: yeah picture of service like there was a, a fog inside the yeah, church yeah
0: yeah and, and so i thought wow so i went back and and look, from the beginning of worship all the way through the end of service, it was like that. And I thought, was that the camera? So I go back and I look at the previous video, and yeah. it was crystal clear. Yeah. Look at the previous video, crystal clear. And and so that just goes to show, you know, the power of God manifested. So there were people that responded to the oh, the Word that night, come to the altar. And, and uh, that was
1: a night of breakthrough yes, for
0: people. That was a that was night, uh, like you said, a breakthrough that, that might have been the night the Lady God delivered. I can't remember. It might have been the night before. Uh, that might have been the night that somebody got saved. That, night.
1: that was the night that that not everybody come up at one time. Oh, yeah. But it was like God had specifically, oh, like personal, or yes, yes, it was yes, a personal right. experience for them. It was something that God ordained for each person in that room. Yeah, so was, everybody was able to to really feel what breakthrough felt like that night because God said, hey. I see your hearts. I see your yeah. desire. I see that you're willing to just obey whatever it is that I say, not what Pastor yeah. says, not what Josh and Amanda says, but whatever God says. Yeah. And and we were able to fully experience the glory that night.
0: Well, and it was, it was wonderful because uh, I didn't, I, I got to sit back and watch you just obey the Lord and do your thing, which is a rarity for me. That was different for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I know I, I butchered the piano all the pieces, but that I didn't have my guitar. And so, uh, anyway, it was it was just it was different, but it was awesome, and the power of God still moved. And so I think I think that's one thing that, especially in the the generation that's coming up, you know, people want to see God move, and I think it's important to not let this generation who, you know, they don't quite understand like like I was brought up uh, I was one of the lucky ones. I was raised up, you know, in, in uh in church to, to respect and revere the house of the Lord and yeah. for a move and stuff. But at the same time, you know, the church I was raised in, <clears throat> if there wasn't a big emotional display of the power, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of people left saying well service was dry service was dead and and so i grew up kind of with that mentality too Uh and it took god pulling me out of my comfort zone and showing me that he can move in any atmosphere
1: we try Um, to limit god yeah we say oh if if people if everybody in in the church ain't on their feet screaming till their throat bleeds then, (laughs) then it's not of god and you know, I'm thankful that he pulled us away from that mentality yes. and he showed us I am God. Yeah. I am God. I will do whatever I need to do to break, you know, down oh, yeah. strongholds. And
0: and just on a like a personal level with me, I'm thankful that God brought me to that place because now he is he is teaching me, still teaching me, he's always teaching me. I'm, Lord have mercy I got a hard head, it's hard for me to learn anyways. So. Amen. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. But it it, it it's, he's teaching me to really hear him. And uh, don't get me wrong. You know, the enemy comes all the time trying to make me doubt that I'm hearing God. And he even uses uh, people who claim to be ministers and pastors to make yeah. me doubt. Uh, but when what they say contradicts the word of God, then I know that I'm still hearing from him. That's right. And uh, I, it encourages me because I know, well, he's... He's sending this doubt because uh, I am hearing. And if I wasn't hearing, then what I was doing wouldn't be ruffling the
1: feathers of the enemy. That's exactly. God will never contradict Himself. He will never contradict His Word. Yeah. So as long as we continue to hold on to His Word, it don't matter what anybody says. It that's don't matter right. what title they try to proclaim. Because if it, if what they're saying does not line up to the exact Word of God, then it ain't of God. And,
0: and if you have a, a... This is just a side note. If you have a pastor that's... Uh, Willing to compromise the Word of God, I would, I would encourage you to find a new church. Yeah, uh, find you a good Bible-believing uh, church that's not willing to um, pacify sin and le- allow it into the pulpit just to lift up numbers. Yeah. Um, you know, God's not going to rewrite the Bible to make you feel good. No. Jesus didn't die so you could be happy. Uh, the the Savior did not come. For, for you to feel good. And God God's not looking to make you happy, he's looking to make you holy. Amen. And and that's that's something I try to hold on to even in those moments when my flesh wants to give up, when my flesh gets upset, and you know there's times I get so discouraged yep. because of things people do and I I, I I do my best to let it roll off my back, which I, I feel like I, God has got me to a place where I'm I'm getting pretty good about uh, letting it go like it doesn't bother me as bad anymore um but but that's you know that's that's kind of where i want to be is I, I want to be able to speak truth in a loving way and you can either accept it or hate it and and you know i've had people come against me and and tell me well your heart's in the wrong place you don't you don't know my heart god knows my heart
1: that's exactly right
0: and and i know where my heart is with the lord and so i have perfect peace in knowing um, that, that when God gives me something for somebody, when I say it, it's a hundred percent out of love. Now, granted, I am flesh and, and, uh, you know, sometimes I say stuff too plain sometimes. And, and I have had to apologize for the way I come across, uh, but it was never intended. No. And we
1: will never apologize for the word of God. I don't care. If it upsets every devil in hell, we will. Apologize for the Word of God because it's the Word of God that will break the yoke of bondage and set people free. Yeah,
0: well, and if, if we ever got to a place where we felt the need to apologize for the Word, then we're saying we don't believe the Word's That's perfect. That's
1: exactly it. And I yep. would never,
0: no. I would never put put the Word of God in a in a place to be compromised like that. I and, and like I said, you know, I, I know I'm I, I, I'm not worthy. There's far better preachers than me. And, I don't
1: think uh, so. Well, you're my favorite.
0: <laughs> you're a little biased. I'm just, you know, I I know there's there's people who's far better qualified, but I'm thankful that God still chooses uh, to let us carry yes. this mantle. And uh, so, anyway, I think it's important that that we continue in in what we're doing, right? And, and I feel like the season we're entering into is a, a, a big season, a season of blessing. Too,
1: it's I think it's a season of. Uh, our prayers being answered. Yes. I do. We God knows we have sown many tears and yes. many prayers for this ministry and for our family. And I, I really feel like this is it for us. You know, I, I'm a firm believer that we don't have much time left here on this earth before Jesus comes back for His bride. But... I know the promises that God has Amen. given, and I, I know that, that until we see those come to pass, then, then, you know, then we've still got, we've still, we're still waiting on Him, Amen. because He cannot lie, his, his, uh, His Word cannot come back void, and, Amen. and I'm thankful that we have a true Savior.
0: So, uh, I know today's episode's been a little bit longer, uh, But like I said, we just wanted to give you guys an insight on what it is, what it's like traveling with us, and uh, this is the kind of stuff we talk about every time we're on the road. We like to reminisce about uh, the services we just come out of, the things we just witnessed uh, at the hand of the Lord, and you know, if it wasn't for people like you sowing in and uh, praying for us and continuing to bless this ministry, uh, we wouldn't be able to continue to reach people across this nation.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, so we uh, we plan to continue continue on as long as God calls us and as long as He makes a way, as long as He opens the doors. I'm going to go through them. And I'm pretty sure Amanda's going to go through them with me unless she throws me a curveball somewhere. <laughs> Amanda's going
1: to beat you to the
0: door. So. Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> so I'm done talking. If there's anything else my wife would like to say i'm gonna let her close us out uh, on this episode so go ahead
1: okay well let's just do it the best way we know how and we'll close out with prayer amen dear heavenly father we thank you for such an outpouring of your spirit and of your grace and your mercy upon us and in this revival that we were blessed to be a part of God, I thank you for opening avenues such as this podcast to, to reach people that may not otherwise hear your word. God, I pray, Lord, that every person <coughs> excuse me, person that listens to this podcast today, God, that they will be blessed, that you'll, you'll move on their behalf. Uh, you, you see the desires of their hearts. You see their prayers, God. We're believing, Lord, that breakthrough is still going to come because that's who you are. And Lord, we uh, we're grateful. You know, if if you do nothing else for us, we're grateful for everything you've already done, and just for being you. Uh, we we ask, Lord, that you continue to bless our ministry and provide so that we may continue to go. In Jesus' name, Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Preserving Pentecost. If you would like to partner with our ministry and become a kingdom-building partner, please contact us at davisministriesfam at gmail.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash davisministriesfam. Be sure to check out our new website at davisministriesnb.org. Until next time, stay blessed.